Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Before you ask, yes, I am doing this at an unusual time. Usually on Sundays, the daily financial news is at 7.30. I unfortunately have some uh, honeydew list things that I need to do this morning. I need to go back to see my tax guy because we are not done yet. Stay to the end of the video and you will hear my lessons learned from seeing my tax man yesterday. But before we do, let's get into the daily financial news. Uh, actually, before we do that, we need to congratulate a couple people for getting their deals. First off, Ryan, congratulations for getting two of your deals. I will drop the cards off in the post or the mailbox over there. And then Damon and Jessica, congratulations for getting your deal. Uh, the card will go in the mail as well. Uh, folks, I will uh, share with you the numbers on the 500 challenge later in the day. I think we are about... Uh, I think we're about 70 short with 12 weeks left to go. So, yes, doing the live show a little bit early today because I have some honeydew lists that I need to do at 7.30. So I felt it was important to get after it today. So, yes, it is definitely early, one-time thing, but uh, here we go. A couple of things to watch for the week. Uh, we're going to be watching consumer spending. I'm going to be trying to understand what is the change between spending on goods or spending on services. I was really intrigued by that economic article yesterday where they were painting a picture that, you know what? I could be wrong. I see a world where unemployment goes up from four to six this year. This gentleman painted a picture that I had not thought about where unemployment could actually go down and actually exacerbate wage inflation. Really all about services going forward. So we'll be looking at that, trying to understand that going forward. Uh, we got to look at the employment sector. We got that big number on Friday. We have an over under of 500. I believe I took the under yesterday. And I think my number was 433 or might've been 437. So if you want to play along, let us know over under and you can guess below. And then most importantly, the big number on Friday for me is going to be wages. What is going on with wages? Are they accelerating? Because again, if you remember the 1970s, how could real estate go up 80, or no, real estate went up 100% while interest rates went up? It was folks because affordability wasn't impacted because wages went up a lot. So again, we are in a wage cycle uh, increase. And if the gentleman, I think his name was Gad something, and I've reached out again on LinkedIn, we'll see if he gets back to me on Monday. Uh, if we do have unemployment go down, that means wages go up, up, up because you have goods producers competing with service providers and the employees win in that scenario. Uh, Morgan Stanley. Morgan Stanley is out now with a note saying they expect QD, Q1 this quarter uh, GDP to be really quite good. Uh, they are raising their forecast for Q1 GDP from 3.8% to actually 5.4%. Again, folks, remember, this is nominal GDP, not inflation adjusted. We really have to pay attention to real versus nominal numbers. But yes, 
5.4 GDP in the U.S. is really quite good, frankly. So we have to watch for that. Uh, also, Morgan Stanley estimates that households, this is the collection of households, has still $2 trillion in excess savings that they were able to put away during the pandemic. So it will be interesting to see when they start to spend that. Looks like Russia. Russia is going to be kicked out of SWIFT, uh, which is essentially how banks transfer money. Uh, by being kicked out of this, it will be much harder for uh, basically Russia to settle accounts. It will be much harder for them to get foreign currency. Most importantly for me, I think this could trigger a bank run. I think Russian citizens will fear what's going on and they will run to the bank. Think about it. If you're scared, what do you do? You try to go get your cash or your ruble. I believe as soon as Monday morning, if it hasn't happened already, Russian citizens are going to be lining up at their bank trying to extract money. And if you do, if you know how banks run, that will not end well. Banks don't keep a whole lot of cash at the, uh, at the actual physical institution. A bank run in Russia will spook uh, Russian citizens. So there's more coming to this. Also, I don't know if you've heard, uh, but good old uh, Putin has decided to inform his nuclear, I don't know, organization to get ready, whatever that means. I'm certainly hopeful it is sa saber rattling and they are just trying to get attention of forces. Uh, but uh, that does not de-escalate things, that escalate things, and uh, it is not good. And frankly, it probably boldens or emboldens NATO and other countries to support Ukraine even more if this dictator uh, wants to go there. I don't think he is getting more and more friends. So uh, it's been an interesting weekend so far. Got a note from an investor, right? How to get started one rental at a time is a full of folks like you who are doing the work looking for good or great deals. Their bank reached out to them and said, hey, if you got a 720 credit score or higher, they now will do 15% down loans on investment properties. Folks, remember what I said a couple weeks ago, refi demand is falling. And what will happen is banks lenders will get more creative. They will look to get the flow of business. They are going to create more programs. And I said they will create more investor programs. They are starved for business. Be careful. This does not give you permission to do adjustable rate mortgages. It does not. But lower down payment, if the deal makes sense, more leverage, maybe it makes sense, but be careful. Red hot, red hot housing market not sustainable, uh, according to CoreLogic. CoreLogic clearly is following this channel because you know I've been talking about a housing slowdown. We have to plateau. Uh, home growth is going to slow. They actually, Redfin has lowered their expectation for housing appreciation this year. They've lowered it to 3.5%. Now, if you know where inflation's at, that's actually a negative number in uh, real terms, but nominally up 3.5%. It is funny to look at Redfin and Zillow. First and foremost, what are, these, what are these companies looking at? Zillow came out with an article later in the same day 
saying that CoreLogic was wrong, and Zillow is saying that they expect appreciation to be 17.3%. So we have CoreLogic on the low end, 3.5%, and Zillow, frankly, smoking crack at 17.3%. Zillow is banking it all on inventory. Zillow in their article said, we are 42% below inventory levels of 2019 or pre-pandemic. So again, is there an inventory problem? Is there a demand problem? I think I will have those discussions later today with some of my experts. Goldman Sachs, right? I'm doing more and more reading about the employee and where our workers are at. Goldman Sachs says, we are in the biggest worker shortage in 80 years. Worker shortage means higher wages, a la 1970s wage inflation for a decade. And that means people can spend more because we live in a payment-based society. They estimate that there are 4.6 million more jobs than people to take them. This is interesting because, again, back to the article I read over the weekend, the service sector still has not kicked in what will happen when the service sector kicks in and they start recruiting. We could really see some nice wage increase. If you are an employee, remember, I'm sorry. The hard truth is if you wanna get a nice raise, you need to change employers. I know, I wish it wasn't so, it's just how it works. If you wanna get a 10, 15, 20% bump, you need to change employers. Uh, another thing looks like payrolls. I'm doing some math. If you watch this channel, you know, we did some math together where, um, if the average household had a dollar 70 increase in hourly wages, they could afford higher prices and higher interest rate. Cause it is payments, not price. Looks like payrolls grew a dollar 70 an hour from January to January, 2021 to 2022. And they are estimated to rise another five to 7% in 2022. But remember, real versus nominal. A nominal increase in wage of $1.70 in an inflationary environment of 7% means you're losing. The actual real wage growth has been negative 20 cents. You are making 20 cents less an hour if, you're, uh, if you just get a 5% wage increase. It's not fair. It's not good but it's real, at least you understand. If you are not getting a 7% wage increase or better, you are falling behind. It is the hard, hard truth. Pending home sales. I don't think I talked about this yesterday. I missed it. Actually fell for the third month in a row, but it is all inventory related. Inventory is down. Um, first off, pending home sales down 9.5%. Again, inventory levels down over 40% year on year. Hard to keep sales up when inventory is almost half. Pretty crazy. A couple things to round it out. Fortune put out an article about the top five. Actually, it was a top 10, but I only took the top five. Most overvalued real estate markets. Overvalued, it's an opinion, but basically looking at local wages and prices. Uh, we will go five to one. Number five, Atlanta at 52% overvalued. Las Vegas, Brian Lebo, buddy, this is your market. Las Vegas, 54% overvalued. Um, Ogden, Utah, I think that's how you say that, probably not, but anyways, Ogden, Utah, 59% overvalued. Austin, Texas, boy, we've talked to Austin a couple of times, 62% overvalued. 
And the winner of all winners, Boise, Idaho at 76% overvalued. You know, we've talked about Boise on this channel being the number one market. We talked to Dion, who took the time to go to Bo Boise and talk to real estate agents. Listings in Boise are up 45%, had a really rough winter. Uh, they are getting a lot of those uh, Californians that came there to bounce already. And then lastly, two lessons from talking to my accountant yesterday. One, it came to me after sitting in the chair for eight hours that you know the experts that I bring you every week? Our estimated net worth is over $100 million. This channel collectively brings you investors worth over $100 million to talk about key topics that are important to you. What other channel does that? It just hit me yesterday as an amazing stat, the $100 million channel, and we're always looking to grow experts, so uh, don't, don't, think we're, don't think we're done growing. We're gonna add more and more, but the $100 million channel. Like, subscribe, comment, and then lastly, I owe, I'm gonna owe the IRS six figures again. I told you uh, yesterday or the day before that I shouldn't have sold any of my flips last year. I should have kept them all. They were great. They were great deals. I should have just added them to the inventory. Now I am mo more convinced than ever. I could have done cost segregation and bonus depreciation. I could have, uh, I didn't need the flip profits, which I appreciate as a lucky position to be in. But because of those flips and the profit I made, not having enough depreciation, I have to write a check. We're not done yet. We're not done, but it's looking very, very likely that I have to write another six-figure check to the IRS. It's okay. Lesson learned. Stop selling, Zuber. Buy and hold. Buy and hold. All right. It's cold. I'm getting out of here. Take care of yourself. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.